0: Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs, and today I'm very pleased to be joined by the Director of the Office of Procurement Fraud Investigations, Special Agent Paul Waxmith. Sir, great to have you on board. So uh, g- glad that you're uh, with us on your first uh, OSI Today podcast.
1: Thanks, Wayne. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you, uh, you giving me the time to talk a little bit this afternoon. And I know uh, PF has been uh, really
0: burning and turning as we set off microphone before we uh, hit the record button here this afternoon. Uh, now, for our novice listeners to our program, sir, uh, who aren't familiar with OSI, uh, let's begin with, uh, say, the most basic question. What is the OSI Office of Procurement
1: Fraud Investigations, and what is that office designed to do? So, simply put, uh, PF is responsible for investigating allegations of what DoD, fi- DOD defines as significant procurement fraud. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what that means is we're looking at allegations of a loss of more than a half a million dollars. Uh, we're looking into allegations involving corruption. So think about bribery, conflicts of interest, that's, those sorts of things. Right. And then looking at allegations involving product substitution. So these are non-conforming parts, sometimes a counterfeit. Mm -hmm. Um, that um, usually involve uh, like a serious hazard hazard to to health, safety, or or operational readiness. Right, right. Now, PF stood up back in 2013, so we're still a relatively new unit within OSI. Uh Now, that doesn't mean fraud is new to OSI. Um, As as your listeners uh, may know, if you go to the the OSI's public website, you go to the, I think it's the features section. You'll see the case about um, Major General Benedict Myers. That's uh, the fraud case that really helped bring OSI into existence. But Sure, sure. So back in the 2012-2013 timeframe, the, the OSI command at the time, uh, General Jacobson, really wanted to reinvigorate the fraud mission. I mean, we had some definitely had some pockets of excellence, but it probably wasn't necessarily where we needed to be as an organization. So we put together a, a working group to, to look at you know the best possible way to kind of to tackle the, the problem. And, and uh-huh. what the social came up with was uh, to create PF. It's a unit whose sole responsibility is to investigate fraud. Right. So we're a centralized organization. We have just under 100 personnel between agents and, and our professional staff. Our headquarters is, is at the Joint Base Anacostia Bowling in DC. Mm-hmm. We've got six attachments uh, out in the field, uh, and they each have multiple operating locations underneath them. So we've got about 24 physical locations within CONUS. And then we've got one overseas um, office. We, we've got a couple of agents that sit on the international contract corruption task force. That's in, that, in that office, Asia. So. Right.
0: Well, it certainly seems, sir, that, uh, you know, in these last few years, uh, uh, PF has uh, grown pretty much exponentially.
1: Yeah, we've been really fortunate. Um, you know, hats off to our, to our, our field agents and, and pro staff for doing a, a fantastic job uh, out in the field and, and, we have some, we've got some great partners with the DOJ and the, the law enforcement and the IG community as well. So um, and our headquarters has been working hard to get us the additional resources we need to, to really get after these cases.
0: Right. Now, uh, uh, Agent, Agent Waxsmith, uh, from your 24 years of law enforcement uh, experience with OSI, uh, what have you found uh, to be your fellow special agents perception of what they believe fraud actually is?
1: So it's 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 interesting. You, you talk to especially some of the, the newer agents and even folks who've been around for a while, and they'll they they think that these fraud investigations are just you know kind of on the boring side. They think uh, all we do is look at your contract files all day, and that's just not the case. Right. Um, we're doing what every other federal law enforcement agency does on a daily basis. Or folks are testifying before grand juries. They're executing search warrants. They're making arrests. They're using all the same techniques that any other crime agent will use. So as right. as an example. A couple of years ago, we had a, a really good corruption case going, and, and the case agent has uh, got uh, a suitcase or briefcase full of several thousand dollars in cash, to use as flash money in, in, in a bribery case. So, uh-huh. not something you get to do every day, right? So right, uh, right. Those are the kind of exciting things that some of our uh, our FART agents are, are doing. Now, these are not not easy cases by any means. Oh, I would imagine um, not.
0: No, you're right. Yeah.
1: No, they're they're very intellectually challenging, um, and so that's. I think that's what our folks really enjoy about it. Is, is it safe to say then,
0: uh, sir, that uh, uh, in various fraud, uh, procurement fraud cases, there are, are a whole bunch of moving parts that go along with it that have to be you know, put together uh, uh, to actually solve
1: a, a case of fraud? Yeah, that's very safe to say. So there are so many different aspects uh, to the cases that, that we're looking at. I think one of the biggest challenges that our, our field leadership and our, and our case agents have to, to tackle is what part of the case can they actually – successfully prosecute there there could be potentially four or five different violations of us code on one specific allegation that you're looking at. But if you try to go after every single one of those, um, you may hit the statute of limitations by the time you've got something that's ready to go to court. So Uh what's really important is, is to narrow in on what it is that you can, you can successfully prosecute or get some sort of civil recovery on. Wow,
0: wow, it seems, it seems it seems pretty involved. But uh, I guess with the with the kind of training uh, uh, in various aspects of procurement fraud that uh, OSI special agents get, uh, they're well equipped to uh, to tackle something uh, uh, with this magnitude.
1: Yeah, they certainly are. We we tried to to work really hard over the last year or two to to get our folks the uh, the training that's necessary. Obviously, there've been some challenges uh, due to the pandemic. But what we right. try to do is use various virtual prop, platforms to to reach out to our folks and get them the, the training that they need.
0: Right. Now, uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned the pandemic, and I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, uh, kind of dovetail on that just a little bit. Uh, how impressed are you with uh, the, uh, not only OSI in total, but uh, specifically uh, special agents uh, under your uh, uh, oversight uh, as far as procurement fraud, how they've been able to adapt and overcome and still maintain that high level of performance during the pandemic?
1: Uh, it's been really impressive to see what they've, they've been doing. I will say that I think PF is probably better suited than most to to work from home on a regular basis, simply mm-hmm. because of the nature of what we do. Right. Uh, but that that being said, there's still some definite challenges. I mean, we've there's certain interviews you can obviously do over Zoom, but some of you've got to sit down face to face. There's been some delays uh, with prosecutions simply because of restrictions. Grand juries can't meet, um, so that kind of Uh, pushes things back as far as being able to get subpoenas and uh, be able to move cases forward. But overall our our folks have have found unique ways to keep these cases moving forward um, and doing so in in partnership with, with DOJ and our our law law enforcement partners.
0: Yeah. They've they've, they've been totally impressive. No doubt about that. Uh, Now judging by the office of procurement fraud investigations, mission statement that says PF delivers specialized investigative techniques, Upholding the integrity of the Air and Space Forces acquisition systems by rooting out corruption, protecting resources, and preserving warfighters' safety and capabilities. Now, is it also fair to say, sir, that uh, there's an ever dull moment for special agents
1: working in this particular line of work within OSI? Yeah, I think that's uh, that, that's very safe to to say that, Wayne. Um, our agents and professional staff are really passionate about what they do, I and mean, they absolutely love uh, working these kind of cases. And I think. What, what really gets their attention is that there's all sorts of different types of schemes that you take a look at,
0: uh-huh.
1: and you can be working fraud for, for 10 years or more. I've, I've had this conversation with some experienced uh, fraud agents that are working out in the field for us, and mm-hmm. they come across new twists to schemes that they've never seen before. Really? So that really, really? Keeps, yeah, it really keeps you sharp. Um, you're, so you're constantly learning and there's, there's new things that are, that, are, that are coming out there with either with the fraudsters who are, are constantly trying to come up with new ways to def- defraud the government right. or there are new and constant changes to the acquisition system that you have to, to, to stay sharp on. So that really, uh, you know, is very intellectually stimulating uh, to, our, to our folks and they really enjoy that, uh, that challenge.
0: I, I've talked to other uh, leaders within the command, sir, and, uh, you know, they, to a, to a person, say that uh, it, it's behooving upon OSI to uh, maintain that, uh, that agility and being able to, uh, you know, adapt and overcome the way things are changing so fast uh, on a global scale. Uh, I would imagine that uh, uh, also uh, is, a, is a true thing for the uh,
1: folks in PF as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you've probably seen uh, over the last couple of years a real shift in acquisitions to what they refer to as rapid acquisitions, right? Um, and so there are there are different platforms that the acquisition community is using, and that they, you know, themselves have a whole different set of rules and regulations associated with them. So. You know, our folks, we have to we have to get a lot smarter on, on what those new processes are and what that means potentially for our cases. Right. Uh, so, yeah, you definitely have to, to stay on top of what's going on within the uh, within the acquisition world.
0: Sure. Well said. Uh, now, sir, uh, given the fact that uh, the OSI procurement fraud mission is, as you mentioned earlier uh, in the broadcast, much more than working with contract files all the time. Uh, who are some of the major customers who benefit uh, from the, the duties that your folks perform?
1: So I'd say our, our, our one of our top customers is the warfighter. Mm-hmm. So as you mentioned uh, earlier on in, in the conversation, uh, one scheme we take a look at is, is product substitution. So these are, are substandard or counterfeit parts that are being um, sold to, to the government and used on, on our platform. So right. in, a, in a best case scenario, the the product, it works. But it may wear out earlier than than a than a product that, that's meeting the contract specifications. So right. what that means in a best case scenario is that look, you've got increased downtime for the platform for maintenance. So that could lead to loss in training hours, you know, impact on mission readiness and certainly increased maintenance costs. Right, right. A worst case scenario is that the part fails and leads to loss of life. Oh sure. So, sure. As, as example it's one of the biggest challenges we we face uh, within DoD and government wide are these counterfeit microelectronic parts. Um, so you can literally have one of these one of these chips, you know, fail and right. lead to a catastrophic uh, failure. I guess another example would be, um, you know, a, kind of a, a defective router uh, that, that that's being purchased may not sound like much, but it could potentially lead to a vulnerability to our information system. So, sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, once again, we want to make sure that we're we're protecting the warfighter. The another community or another uh, customer is the uh, the acquisition community. Uh-huh. So what we what we try to do is that as we identify vulnerabilities in acquisition systems you know, during the course of our investigations, it's to provide that feedback back to the acquisition community and work with them to potentially come up with ways to, to mitigate those vulnerabilities. So right. if we can if we can tighten up a loophole. Um, obviously, it's not as exciting as as you know getting a huge recovery or or, or getting an indictment. But in the long term, it's right. much better for the Department of the Air Force and DoD and the government as a whole to be able to prevent people from committing fraud. Oh, sure, um, oh, sure. And, and, and end up with with losses in the in the long term. So, and then I guess finally, really one of our biggest customers is the American taxpayer. Sure. So sure. folks work hard for the money every day, right? They don't want to be ripped off any more than uh, the Department of the Air Force does. So. Right. We ensure that there's integrity in the system, and that uh, the general public and Congress have have faith in it.
0: Very, very well said on on that account as well. Well, that just goes to show, uh, uh, Agent Waxsmith, that uh, uh, there is uh, a consequence to pretty much everything that happens out there, and uh, OSI is doing their 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 utmost to uh, uh, make sure that uh, things end the way
1: they should be for all concerned. Yeah, certainly. So I want to emphasize too that, that our what our folks really focus on is is, is finding the truth, right? So sure. if that leads to a, a conviction or a uh, you know suspension requirement or civil recovery, that's great. Um if we can find some vulnerabilities and and fix those, that's great too. But you know, if we can disprove an allegation, I think that's just as important so that we can um ensure that you know senior leaders from the Air Force, you know, have got some uh, you know some confidence in in the the product it is that they're they're buying.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Agent Waxmith. moving on to our next question now. Joint investigations have always been a staple of OSI operations. How integrated is OSI PF with the Department of Justice and other law enforcement partners? Now, I know recently uh, our uh, commander, uh, Brigadier General Bullard, uh, signed a memorandum of understanding uh, with uh, uh, Air Force contracting and uh, the JAG to uh, kind of, you know, further formalize, you know, that, that partnership, uh, you know, within uh, DOD. And so uh, partnerships have got to be a a major staple of uh, the uh, stock and trade of the PF folks, I would imagine.
1: You're absolutely right, Wayne. So those, those partnerships are really crucial for for our success. So it should be no surprise that uh, the vast majority of the cases that that we run are joint with other law enforcement agencies. It's just the nature of acquisition. So you're going to be hard pressed, to find a contractor that only does business with one government agency. Right. So right. Even if it's a, if it's a small um, contractor that does you know, research and development, they're not just doing it for the air force. They're probably doing it for NASA, probably doing it for, for department of energy, maybe national Inst- Institute of health. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're going to, we spend a lot of our, our cases uh, working with um, the other defense criminal investigative organizations. So NCIS army and PFU uh, defense criminal investigative uh, uh, service, right, and we also work quite a bit with the IG community. So, uh-huh. I mean, DCIS is a perfect example. They they belong to DoD IG, but uh, our IGs uh, across the government have got you know criminal investigative authorities, and they focus on fraud. So, uh-huh. again, we're working with GSA IG because there's you know plenty of contractors out there that are on a a GSA general scheduled contract they're providing services and, and, and products to all sorts of government agencies right um, I mean NASA IG is another another good example so um, you know, we've got space force um, who's working on a lot of the same with a lot of the same contractors that, that NASA is so those, yeah, yeah. those partnerships are really important um, you mentioned Department of Justice uh, so they are responsible for, for for handling our cases both on the criminal and, and, the, and the civil side so they are absolutely fantastic partners. Uh, for us to work with on on a regular basis, we became really fortunate last fall. Uh, we became members of the of DOJ's Procurement Collusion Strike Force, otherwise known as the, the PCSF. So, right, that belongs to the the DOJ's Antitrust uh, section. And so, when for for your listeners, antitrust really refers to when competitors are colluding and conspiring to to uh, forbid rigging, fixing prices, mm-hmm. and and what that ends up really doing is is harming the customers. Right. You know, in, the government in this case with high prices and potentially lower quality goods and services. So that relationship has been really beneficial over the last year or so. They've done an outstanding job of uh, working with our, our field agents and, and getting briefings to a lot of the acquisition community to, to educate them on, on what the, the, the indicators are for, you know, antitrust violations right. and educating our agents as well. We've been working mm-hmm. with them on uh, some, some data analytics uh, projects as well. So right. yeah, it's It's really important to have these partnerships uh, uh, with these cases to be able to move them forward.
0: Sure. Uh, Now, in the procurement fraud arena, uh, who are some of the principal members that comprise a team and uh, what are their specialties when working a typical fraud investigation? Or is there such a thing as a
1: typical fraud investigation? So I don't think there's really such a thing as a, as a typical fraud investigation, but I'll, I'll say this. I'm glad you were, used the word team because that's what it takes to go after these cases. Right. Um, I often tell people that fraud is a team sport. It's not just about the agents you know, doing, doing their thing. Right. Um, they can't be experts on everything. So we need to be able to, to bring in other experts um, and rely on them. So um, just talking about DOJ, obviously, they're a the very important uh, partner. We work with Acquisition Fraud Council. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, uh, folks at the uh, FLOA, JAQ, they got, uh, the fraud councils out at, uh, AFMC, LOJAF. Um, and so what they'll help us do is identify potential fraud remedies, uh, whether it be criminal, civil, or even on the administrative or contractual side of the house. Right. And then we'll, they'll help us, you know, put together a good package to, to SAF GCR. So they are the, the organization the air force that's responsible for, uh, you know, suspension of their uh, of any contractors or, or individuals. Sure. And then, you know, mentioned earlier, working with the acquisition community, um, working with contract officers quite a bit, working with analysts because they're trying to make ties between all the different players within the investigation. We're working with auditors. Um, they're looking at, you know, companies' processes and how that potentially affects the, uh, the allegations. Forensic accountants, they'll examine data, you know, to determine where, you know, you know, missing money may have gone and how to recover it. Right so right. at the end of the day, what you're really looking at is is putting together a multidisciplinary team so each mm-hmm. individual bring a, a unique perspective and and skill set gotcha. uh to be able to, to bring a successful conclusion to the right. to the case
0: great great fantastic now uh uh as, as it's no surprise to anyone that safeguarding our national security has always been one of the main objectives of OSI. Uh, and, and I think you alluded to this before, uh, what impact can procurement fraud cases have on our national security? And, and is there an, maybe an example that you could share with us?
1: Yeah, certainly. I've got a, a, an example of a case that we uh, closed within the, the last year or so. It involved the, uh, the F-35. So we had a a subcontractor who was supposed to be providing a uh, fluorosilicone tube insulation uh, for the F-35 cooling tubes. Uh-huh. And so, unfortunately, the material that they provided uh, did not have fluorine in it. So right. as a result, they ended up causing uh, crumbling of the insulation. And right. so that crumbled within the fuel tank. So you don't need to be an engineer to figure that you've got stuff floating around in your fuel tank. That's not good, right? Right. So what ended up happening was um, about 57 F-35s are grounded for about three months to fix the problem. Wow. And so you can imagine the overall impact. And, you know, I think we had about 10, 15 were actually fully operational. Others were in the, in the, um, the uh, still, you know, being developed and on the, uh, on the assembly line. But right. again, right. the second 30 were effects. Okay. For those, for those operational units, they're without those aircraft for, for three months. So wow. aren't training. your maintainers are not getting experience working with the aircraft. When they're on the assembly line that's delayed even much more uh for them to actually be fielded and sent out the field units so that that's a significant impact uh-huh. and you know at the end of the day we ended up getting back about 19 million dollars from the contractor but that's just one uh-huh. example of how right. um the kind of cases that we we take a look at those allegations can right. have national security impact to it
0: no no doubt about that that's for sure uh Agent Waxmith, you know, these days, you know, in all different uh, arenas like the sports arena and and, and others, uh, uh, data analytics or metrics are really uh, becoming the norm as far as uh, measuring uh, effectiveness, I guess. Uh, Now, data analytics, or as it's defined as the science of analyzing raw data to make conclusions about that information, uh, has always been a valuable tool for the law enforcement community as a whole. What role does data analytics play in OSI procurement fraud?
1: So this is really an exciting field uh, that we've been dabbling in for the last couple of years. So uh, the private industry has been using data analytics to identify fraud for years. So uh-huh. you or your listeners uh, may have got a call from their bank or the credit card company about suspicious transaction on their account, right? Right. So it's not an individual that's sitting there looking at your transactions every day. It's just you know it's algorithms that are looking at you know trends and patterns, uh-huh. and then if they see an anomaly, um, they'll they'll flag that. So the government owns you know, large amounts of data. And so what we've been doing is working with DOJ and our law for- enforcement partners to really identify what data sets are out there that may contain indicators of fraudulent behavior. Right. And so what we, what our goal is to eventually is, is develop tools that will, you know, sit through all that data, which sure. you know, if you did it, you know, have a, a human doing it it would take months, if not years. Sure. Sure. The right algorithms and the right tool in place. So it could take you know, minutes. Or or out, so, and so. Once we get that, that that would be essentially our first filter, right? And so, once you once you get that filter in place, then you have a multidisciplinary team take a look at the results and say, okay, what do we have? Do we have a case here, or is there is there another explanation for why we've got some hits on these contractors? So it's not an easy uh, problem to tackle by any means. Um, but it's something that we think it's really important to take a look at it. it's really the wave of the future. Oh, yeah. As as OSI
0: continues to uh, uh, look ahead, no doubt about that. Now, uh, uh, in your view as OSI PF director, what are the abilities or traits that make the folks who successfully work in procurement fraud for OSI really stand out to you?
1: So I think first and foremost, you've got to be willing to learn, okay? Right. Um, because there are... Uh, the the acquisition process in and of itself is just, is just highly complex. And I've, I've talked to some, some agents who are relatively new to the fraud world. And honestly, it takes them about a year till they start really feeling comfortable. Wow. uh, With these these kinds of cases. So um, you really got to be willing to, to kind of dive in there and and don't be afraid to ask questions and, and and really go after it. So, and as I talked earlier, you know, these cases are really complex. So, you've really sometimes got to be able to think outside the box and talk about, or, or look at how you can potentially attack or, or go after some of these allegations. Right. Um, and these aren't cookie cutter by any means. It's not a, you don't have a, a checklist that you can go through there. Uh-huh. Sure. There are some things that you can do for every case, but it, it's, it's not the same thing for, for everyone. So right. uh, the other, the other part too, that's really important is you've got to be, a, you got to be a good partner. Right. So we talked about you know, all the different uh partners that we work with on these cases so you've got to be able to work well with others um but you're also going to be op- able to operate independently a little bit as well too so you'll wow. you'll get together with the investigative team you guys will, will come forward come up with a, a investigative plan a way we'll ahead with the next steps are and then your teammates are really relying on you to be able to go out and, and get that done so yeah. and i think last uh you've got to have some patience Okay. <laughs> These, are not These are not easy cases, and they don't get solved overnight. So right, right. Um, there are times that it can take you know, a couple of years to come sort of, to some sort of successful conclusion, whether right. it be disproving the allegation or, or get some, getting some sort of remedy.
0: Well, it definitely sounds like uh, folks who work uh, in procurement fraud for OSI have to be multi-hatted. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely.
1: Now, uh, sir, before we wrap things up, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add? So I appreciate that. So uh, really just a huge thank you to our agents and professional staff out in the field. They're doing an outstanding job protecting the integrity of our acquisition system. So they, uh, I tell folks on a regular basis, they are the lifeblood of this organization. Uh, What they do makes OSI relevant to the department of the air force. And I can't thank them enough for doing that. And then uh, thank you, Wayne, for giving me the opportunity to talk about. PF. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. I know we, uh,
0: as we, as we, uh, Discussed earlier, uh, uh, before we uh, hit the, the the record button here, that uh, uh, we see a lot in public affairs. A lot of PF uh, type cases come through, as far as you know, DOJ releases, as far as cases being closed and whatever. You know, with uh, uh, the with OSI being right there at the forefront. So uh, uh, OSI and, and and PF are uh, uh, are really doing the job these days, and it's something that uh, you and your your folks can really be proud of.
1: Well, thank you. It's uh, we're extremely fortunate to have some very talented uh, folks work, working for us out on the field. They're, like I mentioned before, we got started here, so they're getting it done every day. And again, I can't thank them enough for, for all the hard work and effort they're, put, they're putting into things. Yes, sir.
0: Our guest has been Office of Procurement Fraud Investigations Director, Special Agent Paul Waxsmith. Sir, thanks again for taking the time to be with us. Really appreciate uh, you making, making time on your busy schedule. Thank you, Wayne. Appreciate it. And thanks to all of you listening for tuning in. For OSI Today, I'm Wayne Amon saying so long for now.